Hello, and welcome to Tech Connects, Dice's podcast where we dig into the topics on tech hiring, recruiting, and careers that matter to you. I'm your host, Nick Kolakowski. I'm going to talk to great guests every month about the current state of the tech careers world, including the tech job market, the hottest tech skills, what companies are doing to attract and retain technologists in a historically tight market, and much more. Our guest today is Kevin Kelly, the director of AWS Education Programs at Amazon Web Services. Those programs include AWS Academy and AWS Restart, which collaborate with higher education institutions, nonprofits, and government organizations to assist students in launching into cloud careers. AWS Restart is part of Amazon's commitment to provide 29 million people around the world with access to free cloud computing skills training by 2025. As you're about to hear, Kevin is on a mission to help close the cloud IT skills gap, which is growing year by year despite companies and schools dedicating enormous resources to training. We're going to cover everything from the cloud as a growth industry, to the kind of knowledge technology professionals need to succeed in the cloud space, to whether certifications can have an impact on your cloud career. Let's jump in. So, I mean, right before we dialed in, um, I was actually, we just published an article based on some data that just got kicked out. And forgive me, I'm temporarily blanking on where it actually came from. But it seems like there's a significant gap between demand for cloud skills out there and then, but then also the, the talent, the people who are capable of going in, spinning up whatever needs to be spun up, maintaining whatever needs to be maintained, et cetera. Um, and it, it was the, the size of the gap. I'm actually pulling up the article right now. It was, it was a study by Pluralsight that suggested there was kind of a, that only 8% of global tech workers have the extensive cloud skills and experience that employers want. It, it was stunning to me because for so long, companies have been in desperate need of cloud talent, and there's been incredible demand for AWS and other cloud platforms for companies to take all of their on-premises systems and apps and so on, import them to the cloud-based environment. Um, why do you think, I mean, A, do you think a gap like that actually exists? And B, why do you think that gap is still there despite all of kind of the interest in migrating everything to the cloud? It, it was just curious to me. Yeah, the <clears throat> the cloud IT skills gap is is definitely real and it's actually growing year over year. Hmm. And uh, part of what's driving it uh, it is an increasingly digitized digital world that we're in. And applications are migrating to the cloud at an increasing rate as customers, uh, consumers, builders of those applications discover the kind of benefits that they can derive by moving off of finite on-prem hardware into a cloud environment where they can gain access to lots of different kinds of advantages. Uh, around elasticity, but also breadth and depth of the different kind of services that are available to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is this is creating a, a gap for <clears throat> digital skills training in general, and that every worker is increasingly uh, more likely to be using the cloud in their day to day work, whether they whether they directly realize it or not. Uh, and, and this is, you know, the hospitality industry, the food service industry, in addition to sort of finance and 
and insurance and banking and e-commerce that, that you would expect to be using the cloud. It's becoming increasingly more pervasive. And so employers are looking for people with digital skills, period, you know, uh, with the concepts and the ability to, you know, how to just use drag and drop tools and websites and, and the kind of tools that they'll be asked to interact with. Uh, but also finding people who are skilled at uh, creating, deploying, testing and maintaining the workloads as they migrate to the cloud and the kind of different decisions that you can make when you have an application in the cloud. Uh, okay. So it, it's definitely there. And part of AWS's response is in December of 2020, we made a commitment to train 29 million people globally uh, on, on the cloud and cloud skills. Uh, and I'm thrilled to say that we're 13 million plus towards that goal between now and the end of 2025. But it, it's really about providing an opportunity for learners of all kinds to gain access to the, the kind of digital skills and specifically cloud skills uh, that are in demand. And, the, and as these learners pick up these digital skills, their opportunities in a digital economy increase and their ability to gain access to these in demand high-paying, well-paying, uh, oftentimes remote-enabled jobs, which are attractive to employees right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing to me that, I mean, 13 million is a huge number. And presumably, once they've achieved all that training, they're going to disperse into, you know, as you said, all sorts of industries because industries everywhere need these cloud skills. And the cloud is so complex. I mean, AWS has a huge number of offerings. There are all sorts of cloud tools out there, all sorts of cloud platforms. And then within these industries, all these companies have all these extraordinarily diverse needs. It seems extraordinarily complex. And when I talk to new graduates and people who are still in college and so on, they realize that the cloud is hot. They want to be part of this massive movement, but they also are often intimidated a little bit because they feel that it's really complex and they're not sure what the table stakes are. They're not sure what the basics they should learn are. Um, what would you what would you tell them? I mean, they're they're curious about where to if where to even start with AWS. I mean, do they focus on compute? Do they focus on storage? What what should they learn? It, it comes up again and again. It's just yeah, yeah. I, well, I think one they should take advantage of of the kind of free training offerings that are out there and available from from AWS and others. Like that that's a great place to start and gain familiarity. But they have to have a work in order to be an effective cloud builder, cloud user uh, in this digital, digitized, increasing economy. It's they have to have a working understanding of compute, storage, network, database, and security, and and how those five topics relate to the cloud, uh, and gaining an understanding of that. The and and that's just understanding what object storage is and how that would operate in the cloud. How would I gain access to the object? Uh, database storage. Do I want something like a traditional relational database or do I need something uh, a little bit different? And what kind of uh, storage options are available in the cloud for that? So do I need immutable storage if I'm building a blockchain app or do I need auto-indexing name value pair storage for quick searching? Like what, They have to understand what uh, the domain that they're in and, and the applications that they're building and what are the features that are important to the, their employer, their customers. And with that, and a basic understanding of compute storage network database security is understanding what you can do in the cloud differently around elasticity and scalability in the cloud and understanding that uh, I can scale up and scale down an application very quickly. 
Uh, and that that has some real advantages to me in terms of building cost-effective solutions that can ramp up when I'm, when we're busy and they can ramp back down when the demand is dropping off uh, and that they can ex- have this expand and contract uh, dynamically. And how, how do I set that up and leverage that? Uh, so first, it's just getting the basics of, uh, of compute storage, network database security, and then it's really understanding what can I do differently uh, in the cloud around elasticity, scalability, choice of options for constructing different kinds of applications and solutions. It's Yesterday, I was actually having a long conversation with somebody about hybrid cloud, not, not in the sense of multiple clouds within a company's environment, although that obviously is a thing, but also companies that have not fully made that transition to cloud. And so there's a lot of on-premises solutions in addition to cloud as well. We were not, I mean, because I, I didn't really have any stats to sort of back it up. So I was more listening than engaging in this debate, but he was suggesting that on-premises is still a major component. I thought that was surprising again, because I mean, I'm under this assumption that there's this huge momentum towards the cloud and that everything's kind of sort of cloud-based. In terms of training and all that, is 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 that sort of hybrid on-premises, is that still like a huge factor or are you more seeing like everything is just all cloud all the time? How, how does that break down? Well, we, we certainly see you know, born in the cloud, net new kind of companies and businesses that that grow up in the cloud from the beginning. But for significant customers and enterprises and industries that have been around for a while, they have an on-premises footprint. It's not going to go away overnight. Mm-hmm. And there has to be an orderly migration to the cloud. And that's where they need to think about what are the applications best suited to move to the cloud now? And what are the applications and deployments that are going to take some re-architecting to take advantage of the cloud or, or unentangle themselves from a web of dependencies that, ha- that grow over time in on-premises applications? Uh, and so there's some architecture work that has to happen to help customers move to the cloud. And that's part of understanding what are the flexible tool choices? What can I lift and shift versus what do I need to re-architect even, even to just move it to the cloud? And then... While I'm re-architecting, do I want to start taking advantage of things like elasticity or changing a data storage option to take advantage of something that's that's more well suited to my application? Uh, and so, thinking about just my data and how can I begin moving my data over? And while I'm doing that, do I want to think about things like building a, a, a data lake and joining my disparate sets of data in a way that I can query across these disparate sets of data. So there's a lot of things to consider when moving to the cloud. It, uh, for lots of customers, while they'd like it to happen overnight, it's often something that, that takes some time, even years, to, to unentangle these applications and, and move them in an orderly migration. What we recommend for customers is look at things like net new things that you're building and, and maybe uh, you know take a... Uh, a cue from some of the startups who are born in the cloud and, and anything that you're building new, build that on the cloud from the beginning. So um, it, it, while I, I certainly agree with uh, the idea that there's a lot of migration to the cloud, you know, it's something that has to happen in an, in an orderly migration. And I mean, lots, lots to think about uh, to take advantage of a cloud platform, but also, you know, how can we not disrupt my current business while we're doing it? I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. As in terms of this, this massive millions upon millions training that you're doing, there, there's you're also focusing on uh, technology professionals who are mid career who want to pivot to 
the cloud and AWS and so on. I imagine that they're coming probably as a fair number of them are coming with, you know, they, they've, they've come up in maybe the on-premises environment or, you know, they, they, they sort of have this career background. How does the training for people trying to make that pivot differ from, you know, the new grads, the people who are just starting out, who have to understand the basic principles of cybersecurity and things like that? I mean, is, is it radically different or is it is sort of the, the same in terms of that, that pivot, that training? Uh, it, it really depends on your starting point. So whether you're coming from higher ed, where you're getting a, a strong grounding in computer science and information technology, uh, of which the cloud is probably part of your curriculum, or <laughs> maybe you're a, an in-industry worker who's working in an environment that, that currently doesn't leverage the cloud. The skills that you've learned around network security database are still applicable in the cloud. And so when you're thinking about reskilling or upskilling into the cloud from the IT industry or an adjacent industry, it's about leveraging those existing skills. If you're coming from higher ed, it's about taking those current skills that you're learning in academia uh, and mapping them to from sometimes abstract into the practical uh, and, and looking at you know significant at scale enterprise real world applications. Uh, and mapping the skills that you have to that. There's, uh, what really matters is developing the skills period in those in those areas like compute storage, network database, what you can do differently in the cloud around elasticity, the variety of tool choices, scalability, and mapping those to uh, potentially certifications that make sense. So the, the value of a certification, really the reward of the certification that you get awarded is is sort of the icing on the cake at the end of a learning journey. And the value that you get from a certification is what you learn and the skills that you pick up along the way towards that certification. And the knowledge and the skills that you gain preparing for a certification uh, in a specific area like the cloud are what look attractive to employers. So if you're thinking about reskilling or upskilling and you're thinking about uh, what are employers interested, by the way, both employers at my current company, uh, but but could be from the outside, that the certification can be a good validation. So if you're coming out of academia or you're newly reskilling or upskilling to the cloud, I would recommend a foundation level certification that demonstrates you have a working knowledge of the cloud, what, what it's good for, what its advantages are, and then as you progress in the industry, looking at uh, associate and professional level certifications that take you to the next level and demonstrate your ability to make those performance versus cost versus security trade-offs that are often in more complex, uh, mature applications in the cloud. And then look at some of the professional or specialty level certifications if you want to demonstrate that you have a specific skill. So if I want to be a site reliability engineer, for example, I might choose to pursue a, a cloud security certification to demonstrate that I've got the tech chops in that area. If I want to be an enterprise architect or a solutions architect, I might choose the, a, a solutions architect associated and professional progression set of certifications. If I want to demonstrate my skill in machine learning, then I want to pursue a machine learning certification. And so I think looking at foundation level certs, progressive certs that bring you through a track like solutions architecture or developer systems operations, and then specialty certifications when you want to uh, signal to those that are interested that you have a very specific skill set deep in a, in a particular area. 
How long does it generally take to go through that progression of certifications to go from the more foundational to the, I mean, and we're presuming, obviously, this is somebody who's intensely dedicated to it. I mean, is, is, and I mean, how, what generally, what kind of time frame are we talking? You know, I think the foundation level certifications that are something that can be obtained within six months, uh, it's largely getting a grounding on, on concepts. Uh, the associate level certifications generally are 12 to 18 months. And, and what matters here is practical industry experience. Uh, because the as the certifications sort of leave the foundation level and get into that 200, 300 level associate professional level certification, they're going to start testing your ability to connect the different pieces of the cloud. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about, do I understand storage and storage options or compute and compute options? It's, do I understand how to use compute and storage together? Do I know when serverless is the right choice or containers are the right choice? Uh, and do I understand what the trade-offs are when I make those choices? And that, so the certifications will start testing more and more complex analytical-like concepts as they progress up. And then the deep certifications, it's really about uh, specialization in a specific area. So go deep on machine learning or security or networking or whatever the topic is. Yeah. It's it's one of the things, because the tech unemployment rate right now is, despite all the, the economic uncertainty and the, the recessionary rumblings and so on, remains very low. It's about 2.1%. And there's a lot of industries, retail, manufacturing, et cetera, that when you look at the BLS data and the CompTIA data and so on, are all desperate for technology professionals, especially those who have specialized in the cloud and so on. And so when I talk to companies, there's sort of this balance where obviously hiring managers and recruiters want the the validation and the assurance that somebody's coming to the table with these certifications. So when they see it on the resume, they're very happy to see the foundational certs and so on. But then you also have hiring managers and so on, where they they just want the people with the skills. And it doesn't matter if they have the certification or not, they want the people in there and they figure that they can give them, whether it's lead code tests or whatever, they can give them, you know, the, the technical interview questions they need to ascertain whether they have the skills. Are you seeing in, in terms of the, from your perspective, are you seeing like that certifications are super necessary when it comes to employers? I mean, do they absolutely drop dead needed or are they wiggling a little bit as long as people can prove that they have the AWS skills they need, the foundational knowledge? I think uh, the certifications are a reflection or an indicator uh, that a potential employee has the skills that you're looking for. It's an industry validated credential. Um, But I think many employers also provide the kind of uh, interview techniques that you're suggesting where they want to talk through an implementation and, and ask a few questions and try to make some of those connections I was talking about. Like, well, how did you decide on this technology from a cost effectiveness perspective or versus performance? Um, and I think the, the certifications matter. Uh, and I think especially in early career talent where they're looking for those foundation level certifications to create a, a grounding. Uh, I think when you're looking for a specific specialty, specialized certifications matter because they demonstrate that that you've got deep knowledge in that area. But I think at the end of the day, it's about the specific knowledge that the learners have and that, you know, getting at a learner's mindset, do they really understand the concept of compute is fungible in the cloud, that it's disposable and reconstitutable, and that that changes the way that I develop applications when I think about scaling in and scaling out and how I might 
I might dismiss compute when I no longer need it and, and bring it back when I want it later. Uh, and I think uh, it's the same in storage, right? Um, picking the right storage option matters from a lot of perspectives. And if I want to build something more complex like a data lake, I want to get at uh, a potential employee's uh, understanding of how I might bring together these disparate data sources in a way that I can query across all of them efficiently and effectively. Uh, and those are kind of in-depth conversations that I think are occurring in a lot of tech interviews. In addition to, I want to see some of the industry credentials and certifications, but I also want to have some deeper conversations about, you know, can you really make the kind of trade-offs between performance, security, cost effectiveness uh, in, in some real world scenarios? And I think more and more employers are getting more skilled at, at conducting those kind of interviews. Mm -hmm. I also think that a portfolio matters. Like nothing's more impressive than a candidate who can point to a website and say, I built this or bring something that, that might be recognizable. Uh, you know, I worked on this particular banking feature with this, uh, you know, with this employer uh, and here's what I built. And I think uh, interview candidates that can bring those experience. And the final thing I'll say is for interview candidates, in addition to certifications and real world experiences, you know, bring your whole self to the to the interview in terms of, are you a musician, right? Music is just another coding language. And it's another indicator that, that you have an aptitude in that space. What kind of volunteer work have you done? And don't underestimate the kind of organizational skills and grit that comes with those kind of activities and, um, and bring all of that to the interview. So I, I think uh, if it was easy as just certifications and credentials, right? Uh, it would be easy for employers. And I think when they're looking at problem solvers and builders, there's a lot more that they need to look at uh, in addition to the certifications, which which are still important. Yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. So you've educated 13 million people so far in terms of, terms of cloud skills and so on, which is a, a huge number. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of a training program I've ever heard of that that's larger than that. How how do you pull it off? I mean, like, what's what goes into educating that number of people and sort of keeping them on track? I just, I just because the, the the scope is so massive and you've managed to stay on track so far every end of the goal. It's just I just I'm just so intensely curious about it. Um, it it's a lot about creating as many different avenues, paths, and modalities as we can. Hmm. So um, you know, for academia, we have a program called AWS Academy where we provide. Uh, learning material for the educators and labs for the students. And we provide a way for the educators to keep track of the labs. Like that's an enabler that makes it easy for a professor in a classroom. For younger learners, we have programs like AWS Get IT and, and AWS Spark, where we're providing learning material for 13 to 17 year olds to get them excited about STEM, get them excited about potential careers in technology. For learners that are reskilling and upskilling, we have programs like AWS Restart and AWS Educate. Uh, for AWS Restart, we actually connect 98% of our learners with a job opportunity. So for us, especially our adult learner programs, it, it's about giving them skills, but it's also about connecting them with an outcome, you know, that, that could potentially lead to employment because, you know, we're as interested as everyone else in addressing this cloud IT skills gap and getting as many people to join us in this cloud builder industry as we can. Uh, and so it's reach, the restart program is, is uh, in 180 cities and 60 countries. So we want to, availability matters in terms of training 13 million people. Uh, we also have learning experiences like 
CloudQuest, which is part of our AWS Skill Builder platform, and it's it's a gamified learning experience. Hmm. And so learners get an opportunity to to do that kind of learning. So it's really about creating as many different paths, modalities, and learning experiences we can make available to accommodate every different kind of learner and try to make something for everybody. That makes sense. You know, and, and it seems like you're on track, so obviously it's, it's working. Um, so the last question I had was, you've been working with cloud and CloudTrain for, for quite some time. Um, and when we talk to people who, when we talk to tech professionals who are involved in the cloud and so on, I mean, obviously they're thinking about, you know, the opportunities they can get six months from now or a year from now, and they're angling their certifications and so on towards that. But they're also thinking long-term. They're thinking like 10, 15 years from now in terms of, you know, what skills they might need kind of for the longer term. Um, where do you think that puck is going? I mean, where do you think, how is, how is all this going to evolve over the next while? And how do you think, I mean, if it's even possible, how do you think people can sort of train and anticipate kind of long-term where the cloud is going to end up by the end of the decade, if not beyond? Yeah, I think in terms of, of future proofing yourself, yeah. uh, one is um, get good at learning. And, and, and find employers who create a culture of learning because the cloud is evolving and changing uh, very rapidly. And so get good at learning what's new and understanding where it can be applied. Uh, in terms of specific topics, I think, you know, uh, AI and machine learning is something that's here to stay and understanding how to apply uh, practical machine learning to real world business problems and customer facing solutions is critical uh, and what your role in that might be, uh, whether you're on the data side of it or you're on the operational compute side of it. Uh, and I think uh, data lakes is another topic to pay attention to as, as we increasingly are bringing together all of these different kinds of data sources and wanting to run machine learning across all these data sources. Those would be two good topics to pay attention to. Uh, and make sure that you have a working understanding of what they are. Uh, and of course, nothing replaces, you know, keeping current with the basics, compute storage network and database and security. Uh, but I think machine learning and data lakes are two topics to really pay attention to. And that's it, folks. The cloud is a big, complicated topic, and it's always great to talk to someone like Kevin who has deep insights into it. Here are some key takeaways from our chat. First, the cloud remains a growth industry. Whether they realize it or not, an incredible number of workers in virtually every industry rely on the cloud in some way. That's helping drive the demand for those with cloud skills, and it means those who have cloud skills and who keep them up to date will have lots of professional opportunities far into the future. If you can deploy, test, and maintain projects in the cloud, you're valuable. Second, in order to be an effective cloud professional, it helps to have a working understanding of compute, storage, network, database, and security. From there, things get a little bit more complicated. For example, knowing what object storage is and how it operates in the context of the cloud, or immutable storage if you're building a cloud-based blockchain app of some kind. Those are the kinds of questions that will come up in job interviews, depending on the kind of interview and the kind of job. Third, certifications are useful. Pursuing certifications allows you to learn the skills that you'll need throughout your cloud career. Certifications are also attractive to employers, which is why hiring managers and recruiters will ask you about them when you're applying for jobs. If you're just starting out, foundation-level certifications can demonstrate you have a working knowledge of the cloud. We'll see you next time. And remember, DICE is your best resource to find the tech talent you need to fill your open roles. And for technologists, the best place to grow your tech career.